You are listening to The Mindset Report. Because you want to exercise your mind, think differently, and embrace uncertainty. Your perceptions seek greater acuity, and your emotions seek greater control. Because in order to crush it in China, you must first forget everything you know to be true. So today is the second uh, in this series of Mindset for China Business webinars. Uh, the first time we went, uh, we talked about um, cross-cultural performance and China Business 101. Today we're going to specifically try to focus on communications or more specifically communicating with Chinese people. Okay, so today's agenda, we're going to do a quick overview of cross-cultural performance, which is the foundation of how we develop ourselves as managers and leader, leaders to be able to effectively communicate with our, uh, whether it's people reporting directly to us or the people that we negotiate with in China. Um, then we're going to get into the biggest misperceptions regarding communicating with Chinese people, the greatest challenges, the most common mistakes that a lot of foreigners make, and then some killer tips to get you started in, on the road to improving how you communicate with your stakeholders and your partners and your employees in China. Okay, so everything uh, that we do in China uh, revolves around this concept of guanxi. So everybody's heard of this concept, but uh, what I'm concerned about is most people don't really fully grasp how to actually develop guanxi and how guanxi actually differs from just forming relationships in other countries because uh, relationships are the foundation for uh, you know doing business or or working or having relationships with anybody so how is guanxi different and how do we understand as foreigners how to develop the right guanxi in china so the guanxi engine is based on basically the Chinese system of reciprocity, which is the giving and the receiving of face. And this is where relationships in China slightly deviate from relationships in other countries, especially more Western countries. Of course, it's really also based on the foundation of being able to develop trust in a Chinese context. And it's also based on being able to understand Chinese values. So, we're not going to really get into the details of all the things involved in the Guanxi engine, but over the course of these webinars, as we talk about different aspects of doing business in China, especially as we get into the Q&A, uh, we're going to really understand how ultimately all of the questions that you have, all of the challenges that you have, they revolve around understanding how the Guanxi engine works in China. And it also, uh, helps you put into context how all of these Chinese cultural terms that you're going to encounter really affect your ability to develop true Guanxi relationships. Okay, so when we're talking about ourselves as leaders or managers uh, going over to China, and if we whether we speak Chinese or not, um, how do we develop? Guanxi relationships, how do we improve how we communicate? Uh, the foundation for that is really understanding what are the essential soft skills that we need to develop, okay? 
Uh, it all begins with self-awareness, which is understanding how you are perceived by the people on the other side. And from the foundation of self-awareness, you also have to understand the situation, which is the context of the situation. You have to understand the cultural differences, which is cultural awareness. And most importantly, you have to be empathetic. So you have to be able to develop an understanding and, and, uh, and an empathy for what other people value and what they care about. And if you can really be empathetic to the Chinese people, uh, what they generally care about, which generally is their face or their mianzi, then you'll really begin to understand why these essential soft skills are so important as a foundation for how you communicate. Now, all this, again, we went through this in the first webinar, so I'm going through it really quickly. All this revolves around the foundation that we are trying to develop as leaders doing business in China. And we call it cross-cultural performance mastery. So the foundation of understanding how do we develop uh, our ability to communicate and work effectively in China, we have to understand how we develop as people and as leaders, and not just today, but from the beginning. So there's things that we learn, and most people are really um, accustomed to going to school, going back for a master's degree, and basically, when they think there are things they don't know, they, they try to learn them. Sometimes they'll read books. Nowadays, they just go online and they watch and they follow their, their favorite influencers and they hope to learn something. Now, the thing is, is the things that you learn do not influence how people perceive you. So we also have to get into the things that we develop. And when we talked about the essential soft skills, the things that we develop are awareness and empathy. Okay, but having awareness and having empathy by itself doesn't necessarily translate into people thinking more highly of you, being able to develop greater trust with the people that you're working with. So we really focus on what we call AMA values. And these are the things that you adjust. The things that you adjust are your attitude, your mindset, and your approach. Okay. And these are the things that other people actually perceive. And, it, and it, this, doesn't, this isn't limited to just doing business in China, but this is basically anywhere in the world with anybody in the world. Your attitude, your mindset, and your approach is basically what other people perceive. And the key to cross-cultural performance mastery is really understanding that the perceptions that we are able to create will ultimately affect the outcomes that we want to achieve. Okay, so how does all of this play in together? The essential soft skills that we talked about in the previous slide, those are the things that enable you to really understand what adjustments should I make in order to create more positive and better perceptions from other people. And this is the framework for cross-cultural performance mastery. Uh, we say that affecting outcomes begins with influencing perceptions, and this is all controllable by ourselves based on the adjustments that we make with our own AMA values. And that's with our attitude, mindset, and approach. So when we get into doing business in China, uh, one of the things that a lot of foreigners really kind of 
fail to, to really understand is how important perceptions are. And we believe that the perceptions that other people have of you is the number one influencer of outcomes. And the reason this is really complicated in, in China is because in the Chinese system of reciprocity, where there's a lot of giving and receiving of face, uh, you may not know how other people actually perceive you, which is why sometimes you'll be disappointed when the outcomes uh, aren't what you expected. Okay? There's another side to this coin, and it's basically our own misperceptions. So when we lack cultural awareness, when we lack an understanding of what Chinese people value and how they feel, or do we, when we lack empathy, uh, these misperceptions, I believe, are the number one cause of lost revenue, wasted expenditures, and most importantly, a negative reputation, not only for yourself, but also for the business that you represent. So I look at it like this. So I'm, now it's not necessarily just the United States and China, but generally speaking, it's any foreign country and China, or more specifically, any Western country and China. When we as foreign leaders go to China, you know, some people are on this webinar or they're listening to these uh, podcasts because there are things they know they don't know. And these are what we call known unknowns. Okay, so there are things that you know you don't know. You can try to learn these things. Okay, but as we said in the previous slide, the things that you learn don't necessarily translate into how other people perceive you. What you really have to be aware of is that there are many things you don't know you don't know. There are many unknown unknowns when most foreigners go to China. And that's why their standard modus operandi, the way they are accustomed to doing things, their standard AMA values, their attitude, their mindset and approach. This is kind of what gets them into trouble because there are a lot of things about China that they don't know they don't know. Now there's one final thing that's even worse and I call it false known knowns. And these are things that foreigners think are true. And then when they go to China, it actually doesn't translate into the local culture. And we call these false known knowns. So when you are going to China for the very first time, or even if you've been traveling and doing business in China for many, many years, if you've never been kind of aware of your unknown unknowns and your false known knowns, it's possible that you're making a lot of negative perceptions and you don't even realize it. And this is especially uh, true because foreigners often don't get the real story or the real backstory uh, of what is going on in the market and how other people are perceiving them. So when we get into communications in China, we want to start with what are the biggest misperceptions when we as foreigners go over to China. So this is again very general and, and of course some of these misperceptions could apply not only to communications but to leadership, to negotiations and to other aspects of doing business in China. But the first one is, is you have to understand that China is not homogeneous. So when you go to quote unquote China, it's not really a single market. And this, this is really important if you're selling uh, B to C, because when you're looking at the demographics, um, it's not just one set of tastes 
and one set of values. It's not even one set of languages. There's 56 distinct ethnic districts in China, and they all speak different languages, they all have different food, and they all have different culture. China is also developed into tiered cities. So what that means is that means that uh, depending on the size of the city, it may have a different status within the entire country. Uh, so there's a lot of, so the main cities that people travel to, Beijing, Shenzhen, Guangzhou, and Shanghai, these are more, uh, these are more multicultural cities. But when you start getting into the second tier cities and the third tier cities, where the majority of the population reside, then the mindset and the mentality actually becomes really different. One of the things that you also understand, so the problem with learning about Chinese culture is Chinese is segmented by age demographics. Because of China's rapid history and change, depending on the year that you were born, you would have a different mindset and a different mentality. So if you talk with young people, young people often have a lot of uh, value differences with their parents who were alive during, for example, the Cultural Revolution or the famine that they had experienced in China. So they're much more traditional in their uh, mindsets. China is also separated by a hukou system that is gradually changing. So you have people in these major cities like Beijing and Shanghai, where some people are kind of legal, meaning they have a hukou and they're, they're, they're legally supposed to be there. And then you have other people who are kind of like migrants, Chinese migrants within China that aren't part of the hukou system. That means they're not, they don't, their children can't go to schools. They don't have access to healthcare. Uh, there's a lot of these people. And the thing that we have to understand is they are also consumers and they're part of the market, okay? Another big misperception uh, regarding communications is literal versus figurative. And what does that mean? That means that uh, because of the Chinese system of giving face, Chinese really, are, 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 they speak in a very figurative way. And they also speak in a very emotional way, which means you should never interpret Chinese literally, almost never. You have to be able to kind of read body language and understand what is the backstory behind what people are saying. And, and as a foreigner, what you have to do is you have to kind of adjust your mindset that when people are agreeing with you, they may not necessarily really agree. And when you perceive that they are giving you face and you assume that's kind of disingenuous or they're not telling the truth, they're also not that disingenuous. So either extreme is not a healthy mindset to have. Chinese are not as agreeable as they seem, but they're not also as disingenuous as you actually might perceive. Now, the final thing is, is you want to never assume that there are a universal set of values. This is the biggest misperception when foreigners go to China is that they assume that whatever works for them, whatever their set of values are, this is how everybody universally should think and behave. And, and that's a big mistake. So if you are traveling to China for the very first time and you've taken a high level position, 
the really the advice is is whatever principles you have, just establish them early on, communicate them as frequently as possible, and then just be consistent. Because in the Chinese system of giving and receiving face, consistency is your best friend because that means you're not disrespecting or not giving face to somebody else as long as you treat everybody generally the same. Now, the greatest challenges for communicating effectively with people in China is, first of all, it's all the things that we talked about. It's understanding what are the true expectations of the people you're communicating with. And that's why is this such a big challenge. It's because Chinese people will say a lot of things, but it doesn't necessarily reflect what they actually feel and what they actually uh, expect. Okay. Naturally, from my almost 20 years of experience in China and also being married to somebody from mainland China, Chinese people are generally more emotional. Okay. Now, this doesn't mean that when you walk on the street and you hear people, they're kind of sound like they're arguing. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about if you really understand the concept of face and mianzi, you will understand that it really revolves around emotions. You know, respecting someone's face or caring about your face is the same as really having an ego, okay? So it's more of an emotional language. And dealing with emotions, especially negative emotions, is probably one of the greatest challenges. The other is uh, Chinese people tend to think in a more circular manner. And this revolves around the fact that they are more emotional than they are logical. And obviously, I'm not the first person to say this, but a lot of people say that uh, Chinese think in a more circular manner, whereas uh, Westerners think in a more linear fashion. And if you've been in China long enough and you've tried to communicate or negotiate with Chinese people, uh, you will find that this is actually quite true. Uh, it explains why sometimes there seems to be an endless debate and an endless discussion, and you can't necessarily ever get to um, a logical conclusion, okay? And that's because one of the challenges is, how do you communicate with somebody who thinks in a more circular manner? And of course, if you're not Chinese, understanding the proper way to give and receive face is obviously one of the, the greatest challenges. So the thing to really understand as you begin your journey to become a master of cross-cultural performance is that the cultural dimensions between most Western cultures and Chinese cultures are generally at opposite ends. So it's good to kind of adjust your mindset to kind of anticipate that. And this is how you can control your own emotions when Chinese people appear to be frustrated, frustrating to communicate with. Okay, so what are the common mistakes that foreigners make when they're communicating with Chinese? So this is especially true if you're speaking through an interpreter, and that is that nodding means that they agree and they understand. So this is actually a, a big mistake that a lot of foreigners make because they go in and they explain things and they think when people nod uh, they actually agree and they actually understand but generally speaking 
That is actually not true. Okay. Uh, being emphatic helps get your message across. I've observed this so many times, and I think it is a mistake, where when a foreigner is trying to get his message across, his or her message across, they just raise their voice and they become more emphatic and they become more uh, kind of like, you know, this is how it has to be done and this is why you should understand this, you should understand that. You know, being emphatic really actually just kind of pushes people away. So you have to be aware of your own emotions. And when you're frustrated, do you have a tendency to raise your voice and become more emphatic? Okay, so another thing is, is you know, a lot of times when, when you're managing and you're responsible for things in China and things are not going according to plan or you want to make adjustments, a lot of things a lot of people kind of end up doing something like pressing their staff for answers uh, or trying to get explanations or you're a foreign manager and something happens and you don't really understand why it happens and you're kind of pressing people to give you an answer. So the thing that I always advise, you know, the people that I coach is this is also a common mistake because pressing people for answers will only lead to an excuse that almost has nothing to do with what's really going on. So if you really want to solve the problem and you really want to find out what's going on, try to have a more, uh, more harmonious dialogue as opposed to pressing for answers. And this, of course, leads into the final kind of common mistake is I've observed that a lot of foreign managers will ask leading questions which means this is kind of like setting a trap. So they're trying to convince their Chinese staff or employees or even people they're negotiating with to think a certain way or behave a certain way and they'll ask leading questions and, and almost trying to lead them to the conclusion that you want them to achieve. But the thing that you have to remember is that the Chinese logic is circular. And so the logic that the Chinese people generally that governs how they behave and how they think, it doesn't work in a linear fashion or a logical manner. So when you ask leading questions, you're actually, again, pushing people away and you're driving a wedge, okay? So as far as killer tips for communications, again, this is communications 101. Uh, the first one is just to be consistent. Now, if you're going to be traveling to China quite frequently, you have large areas of responsibility within China, the best thing to do is just be consistent. Okay, it doesn't matter whether your values or your expectations are in conflict with somebody else. The key is, is just to be consistent and then make adjustments kind of from there. Okay. The second is always try to share ownership and responsibility. Uh, and this, I think, works in any culture. But regardless of who you're dealing with in China, if you can elevate their level of responsibility, elevate their level of exposure, give them more face by promoting them or whatever, this gives them more ownership. And this ultimately will help you achieve your goals because then people will be working with you as opposed to against you. Never be judgmental. We went over this in kind of China Business 101. Uh, the hardest thing for most people to do naturally is to not be judgmental. 
Okay, so it's always advisable to really be aware of whether you're judging things in a negative way. Okay, don't assume that again any values are universal. So again, when I'm saying all of these things, kind of in a webinar, it's really hard to understand and it's really hard to imagine what that actually means. But when we get into specific questions and answers. Uh, when we get into specific case studies, we'll get into what are the value differences and why assuming something is a universal value actually is a mistake. And of course, it always comes back to the Guanxi engine and understanding how to give and receive face. Okay, so these are kind of the killer tips. And, and, and as we talked about, the key really is to understand how to use your imagination to understand how to influence perceptions. We talked about this in the cross-cultural performance section. If you didn't see it, you can go back and watch it on the, watch the replay. But basically, it's that imagination and purpose-driven curiosity are really the instruments that you have at your disposal to really develop your essential soft skills, which are awareness and empathy. Okay, so this is kind of the formal portion of China Business 101. We tried to go over some of the misperceptions that foreigners have, uh, common mistakes, um, and also really get into kind of just some killer tips, which is if you're a newbie to China or things that you've been doing just don't seem to be working, these are some things that, uh, that you can try, okay? So this is the end of the formal presentation. I'm going to stop the share screen and I'm gonna unmute uh, all the people on board and see if there are any questions.